Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. That's as out of bar down goals you'll ever see. Shot from the wall, the tip, off the glove, off the melon, off the bar, in the net. 2 nothing. Now, accelerating in, Marty Natchez. He scores! What a goal! Martin Natchez circles the wagons. And the only guy who knew where the puck was going was number 88. Wow! OMG! Protects, protects, recognizes the goaltender has overextended the net. The patience, tight turn, and then knowing he's got to elevate it. Cue up the highlight reel. This is the Canes Corner Podcast with host Adam Gold, part of the Capital Broadcasting Podcast Network. Now here's the host of the Canes Corner Podcast, Adam Gold. O-M-G. Thank you very much, Trip Tracy. I am Adam Gold, and welcome to another edition of the Morning After Podcast, part of the Canes Corner Podcast series. We do a lot more of these than we do general Canes Corner Podcast, but we kind of mix it up a little bit and give you some generic kind of big picture talk throughout the uh, the morning afters, although this will be maybe more nuts and bolts. Uh, based on today, although we'll get, we will delve into a couple of things regardless, and there will be a mailbag at the end of this, uh, I know a bunch of you submitted your questions. We'll see how many we get to, given the amount of time we spend and the other stuff. Uh, but a quick reminder, please do do uh, do yourself a favor. If you like this, uh, subscribe to it so it shows up on your phone or however you get your podcast right away automatically. You don't have to go seek it out. It'll come to you. Uh, so subscribe to it, rate it, give us a five star. Well, I don't care what you give us. Uh, or you don't have to rate it at all. Uh, but subscribe to it and listen to it and enjoy it because that's really why we're here. So you guys uh, can still live in the in the glory of a big win. And this was a big win, a good win over the Arizona Coyotes by a score of 3 to nothing. I need to go back and look at this. I'm not sure that the Hurricanes didn't beat Arizona 3 nothing here last year. Um, but uh, really, it was a, a, just a solid effort up and down the lineup for Carolina, maybe the best game the defensive core has played in a long time. There just weren't a ton of mistakes. The second period got a little hairy in stretches. Uh, we'll talk about that later, but Carolina scored the only two goals of the frame. Peter Morazic shut everything down uh, that came his way, and there was more in the second period than there were in the other periods. But frankly, I didn't think there was a lot of danger from Arizona tonight in really at any time. Uh, Peter did make a couple of really good saves, had to, uh, but I think natural stat trick just uh, logged Arizona with seven high-danger chances for the entire game. Uh, I don't think Carolina was awesome in that department either, although they were great in the first period, only got one goal. Uh, I think Carolina for the entire game was only nine, had only 19 high-danger chances. I mean, I don't even know what a high-danger chance is because it's different for every other player. Uh, for instance, um, apparently Pecorine 
for Nashville. It's high danger chance when he's got the puck in his own, uh, basically behind his own goal. I don't know if you saw it yesterday, uh, but Pecorino scored uh, into an empty net from behind his own goal uh, in uh, Nashville's win. All right. So great effort up and down the line. Peter Morazic was spectacular. You'll hear from him uh, in a little bit. 32 saves, third shutout of the season, now 17-10-2. And and for Peter, hasn't been great over the last uh, two and a half, three weeks. Uh, Three or more goals allowed in six of his last seven starts. Somehow, though, three and three in those six starts where he's allowed at least three goals. So that's not too bad, right? Uh, so, but he played very well tonight. It was inc- importantly, there were big saves at big times. Obviously he made all, all the saves, but there were some big saves at big times. And we'll get into that in just a second. Uh, let's, let's start with the first period because we have some highlights or a highlight we'll play. Uh, it'll be Warren Fogel's goal. Uh, Carolina had plenty of chances to score. Uh, there was um, Sebastian Ajo on a breakaway that was stopped by Antti Ranta, who came off the uh, off the injured list, essentially. He had been out for a while, and Darcy Kemper's hurt. So Arizona was uh, theoretically down to, well, not theoretically, they were down to their third goaltender, Aiden Hill, uh, who ended up coming on tonight uh, because Ranta got hurt at the end of the second period, and he had to leave the game. Um but uh, Ranta made a great save on Ajo to keep it uh, to keep it scoreless. Brett Pesci hit a post, really a, a I think a high IQ type shot from Pesci, uh, and you could tell. And actually, I was sitting in the stands tonight, uh, and you could tell from that play that Pesci was shooting uh, essentially against the grain for the right to try to put it inside the right post. But he rang it right off the post, and it it looked like he caromed across the goal crease. Uh, and out, but uh, so they hit a post with Pesci. Eric Holla came in in a breakaway and beat Ranta, uh, but it looked like it hit the corner where the post and the crossbar connect. Uh, so they had a lot of chances to score uh, and finally did break through on simply a great look from Andrei Svechnikov to his, uh, his best friend, Warren Fogel. Carolina now reorganizing Jake Gardner. Cross-corner dump in far corner in the Arizona end. Svechnikov in front for Fogel. He scores! That's hockey, baby! What a pass! Andre Svechnikov right on the tape of Warren Fogel, who does it again, and Carolina gets the icebreaker. See, the good thing about it, uh, and you heard it in the play-by-play call, that Jake Gardner makes a smart play, gets it in the corner. Svechnikov goes get goes and gets it, and a really a, such, such a good, good pass to Warren Fogle and then Fogle with the patience to not just bang it, you know, one time it, but to gather it, hesitate just a second and find an opening just inside the left post uh, and a good goal. And it's Fogle's 10th on the season. Uh, And then, uh, you know, end of the period, Carolina skates off with a one, nothing lead could have been more, but one is good. And um, the second period starts and Arizona's really cranking up the play. So Arizona's got uh, has got the edge. Uh, Carolina kind of leveled it off, and it kind of settled into uh, kind of just a, you know, a feeling each other out, almost like a first period uh, for, uh, for a good chunk of it. And then, like a lightning strike, Carolina goes back-to-back. Walmart 
wins the draw. Far point, Slavin, turnaround shot. Maybe a shot pass doesn't work. Near flank, Hamilton. They score! It sneaks in! Dougie Hamilton, the puck had eyes from the boards. Don't play. Walmart won the draw. Martinuk went to the net. And then as soon as that puck was below the goal line, what did Walmart, the heady player he is, do? Turned and looked to see, where's Hamilton? And let me get my stick in the lane, make sure it's legal below the bar. Ronta gets a piece, and that puck goes in. So it's 2-0. A minute three later, Martin Natchez. This is the goal you heard at the start of this whole proceeding. Martin Natchez, uh, who had actually just given the puck away about 30 seconds earlier. Uh, but the shift was ongoing. They were going to finish the period, and Natchez picked up the puck behind the net. Uh, and actually, this is a sneaky good play by Eric Haller, who got an assist on the play, is that Haller really was bothering and occupying anti-Ranta uh, on this play, and it almost looked like Ranta also got caught up in the uh, in the outside of the goal to the left, and Natchez came around to the right side and backhand upstairs, uh, and it's 3 nothing, and pretty much the game was over because Arizona was generating really nothing offensively in the game. We all know who the star was. This star was Peter Morazic almost from start to finish. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll let you hear from Peter, and then we'll talk about what I thought was arguably the biggest moment of the game. Yeah, crowd was great. Uh, huge two points. Uh, you know what else to say? We started, uh, I think, really well, and uh, huge two goals in the end of the second period. Yeah, what does that what does that do? Because it's a it's a tight game, and I mean anything could happen, especially if you take a one nothing lead into the third and then bang bang. Yeah, it's uh, that, that lead was huge for us. Those two goals, uh, I think, won the game for us tonight. No, you saw the puck pretty well. Yeah, I saw the puck really well. I feel good. Uh, you know, guys helped me while well, I could see the puck from everywhere. So. Uh, uh, that's way easier night. Yeah, there were uh, there were a couple of screen situations, but Peter did have a clean look at a lot of shots, including one on Christian Dvorak. Less than a minute after Fogel makes it one nothing, um, Arizona's a little you know you know they're pushing you know they get a little bit of an energy maybe a, you know from uh, from Carolina scoring, and they're looking for the equalizer, and they had a few uh, like three shots on goal in about a, uh, a forty five second span. And the third of those, uh, Dvorak, in tight, backhand try, uh, tries to go blocker side, and Morazic had to make a great blocker side save. And uh, Sneaky, a, a, just a great save, I thought, uh, that it looked like it was labeled for, you know, upper corner blocker side high. Uh, but Morazic uh, got a piece, deflected it into the corner, and really there weren't that many great saves the rest of the night. I thought he was just solid, and I think the, the the beauty of Peter, and you'll hear this from Rod Brindamore, the beauty of Peter is that he makes it look a little easy uh, because he's such a good athlete, and he's got such good quickness, and when he's calm in net is when, really, he plays his best. He's certainly excitable, and we love when he gets excited, uh, but uh, no goaltender is great when they're flailing, flailing all around, unless maybe you're Jonathan Quick. Uh, who, by the way, we may see uh, against the Kings on Hartford Whaler night on uh, Saturday evening. So there's Mrazek, uh, Lucas Walmark, who had the second goal. Um, kind of, uh, we we pick it up here talking about, really, what it was a bad second period. 
uh, actually we didn't play good at all in the second period so uh, like I said we were lucky there to get get a couple and that uh, I think was uh, yeah it was great for us it's a big weekend too I mean uh, coming off a good a good win anyway over over Philadelphia and you got two back to back before you go on the road yeah uh, we were we were talking about coming coming out hard tonight and, and really show I, I didn't think we played that good against Philly but we, we were lucky to win that it was two big points for us and uh, so so we were I think we were um, yeah we were, we were uh, a little better tonight but I think we can do uh, some some stuff better too it seemed like Peter played really well yeah uh, he had been good I think uh, all year for us and uh, he had some great saves and uh, yeah he had been really solid for us is there a, an energy that even though he didn't play tonight that Justin kind of brings to the team now that he's back and walking around the locker room yeah uh, I mean Willie is uh, it's a big big uh, piece here and, and uh, he, he always bring bring energy for us and I think even like you said he didn't play he, he came in yesterday and gave us gave us some new energy and uh, I think that that we came out in the first two and, and uh, helped us he did help him even though Justin Williams maybe I don't know for the first time in his career was a healthy scratch. That's right, Justin Williams didn't play, but he was on the roster. His first time we've seen him all year long. They give you out the uh, like the uh, the stat page, the stat sheet, the stat book before the game. Justin Williams is listed on it. Of course, there were only dashes by the games played, goals, assists, points, and all that other stuff. Uh, but it was nice to see Justin Williams' uh, name and number on that sheet. We'll talk more about it in just a sec. Before we get back to uh, the locker room and you hear from Warren Fogle and Rod Brindamore, a quick thing about Justin Williams um, in terms of when he's going to play and what he uh, and the element he brings. I heard John Forzen talk about this in the aftermath with Al Campbell. Um, I do think there is an element of fear's not the right word, pressure, good pressure that Williams will apply to the rest of the team, especially for any of those. You made a list of players, and this will be one of the questions that we'll deal with uh, in the in the like the uh, the mailbag portion of this. There are a bunch of guys on that team that should be worried or wondering if they're going to come out of the lineup when Justin Williams is ready to play. Number of guys. I mean, it's not just. Uh, Brock McGinn or uh, or Jordan Martinook or um, Nino Niederreiter or Ryan Dezingle or whoever it is. There's a number of guys who could come out of the lineup when number 14 draws back in. And Rod Brindamore now has that at his disposal. Uh, hey, you either play better or uh, or I'm putting the old guy in. And I think the old guy is going to play sooner rather than later. I know what everybody said. I know people have said, uh, you know, a couple of weeks. I think that's in a perfect, uh, you know, best case scenario for, uh, like, the team. If you keep winning, maybe they give him some more time. But here's the thing. I, I don't think they wanted to be sitting around here for three weeks. You don't need, I mean, they Rod Brindamore said he's going to treat it like training camp. Training camp, you don't, you don't go to training camp for three weeks before you play a game. You get a game like a week after training camp starts, maybe nine days after training camp starts. Well, uh, about a week after Williams got back on the ice in terms of practicing with his team, remember he's been skating for almost two months, a week after he came back, comes back, it's a game at Columbus. It's an enormous game. 
and the type of a team playing a style that Carolina needs whatever grit Justin brings. So I wouldn't be surprised if that was his debut. Maybe it's not there. Maybe it's, uh, I don't know, uh, when they uh, when they open up the next homestand, uh, which will be uh, which will be three straight games coming up. So who knows when he's going to get back uh, onto the, uh, you know, on the ice. I think it's Anaheim is the first game. Maybe it's that one. Uh, but I think we'll see him before the all-star break and the bye week. And then, uh, obviously, it's all systems go when January 31st rolls around and the Hurricanes come out of the bye week with a couple of home games before going back in the road. Uh, February and March are just absolutely brutal in terms of the schedule. Uh, and back-to-back, seven straight weeks to start to end the season from the middle of February on, seven straight weeks with at least, well, not at least, with one set of back-to-back games. They're almost always uh, either Friday, Saturday, or Saturday, Sunday, but there are there's one, I think, Thursday, Friday. Either way, uh, I do think we'll see Williams earlier, sooner rather than later, and I do like the uh, the pressure that he applies, and I think we've been seeing that the last couple of games uh, because I'll tell you what, that fourth line, McGinn, Walmark, Martinuk have been playing exceptionally well, and Lucas Walmark is, I mean, he is miscast as a fourth-line center. He has got 10 goals on the season. He has been excellent. It really gets to the scoring depth uh, that this team has. Uh, let's get to Warren Fogle, who also scored his 10th goal, as Martin Natchez did score his 10th goal tonight. And Fogel, uh, who obviously has been playing at a very high level, understands what this team needs to do. Yeah, you know, uh, we came up, like I said, really hard in the first, and that, that basically uh, was a good push for us there. Um, you know, the second, we're a little bit sloppy, but, you know, we know what we need to do. When, when we're playing down low, you know, we, we can beat anyone. So, you know, it's just staying with it, and, you know, tonight we, we definitely stayed with it. It wasn't your best second period, but Peter was pretty good in the yeah. second period. Yeah, like I just said, yeah, our second was a little bit sloppy, but, you know, that's why Pete's in that. He makes the big saves, and, um, yeah, he came up huge. He, uh, he helped us out a lot in the second there. And then the lift. You get two quick ones at the end of the period, and Martin Natchez's move behind the goal was pretty sweet. Yeah, you know, Wally's been hot, and happy to see him get one in, and then Marty's, you know, great patience, and, um, you know, it's good going into the third period with, you know, three goals, and, you know, just 20 minutes of hockey left, knowing what we need to do. Did you get anything for being in the 10-goal the club, the three of you? Just smiles. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think we're more happy to get the two points, and, um, you know, these points are crucial coming up to the break, and, you know, now we focus on tomorrow. Uh, and they are. They are absolutely crucial. And uh, uh, normally I would wait till the end, but since Warren Fogle brought it up, uh, the win puts Carolina two points ahead of Philadelphia. Uh, both teams have 44 points. And in fact, the next, uh, almost everybody fighting for the wild card. Uh, and there really are four teams. And I'll throw the Rangers in as a fifth team. Uh, and by Buffalo's not much further back. Uh, so Carolina's got 54 points in 44 games. They have they manned the first wild card spot, so that was big. Philadelphia, who uh, had an overtime win uh, last night over Washington, uh, has 52 points. Florida, also in 44 games, 51 points. So uh, you got Columbus in 45 games with 50 points. So four points separating Carolina and Columbus 
in the wild card chase, Carolina one, Philadelphia two. Then you got Florida and Columbus. Uh, but the Rangers have 46 points in 43 games. Uh, so they're still part of this mix, kind of on the periphery. Buffalo with 45 points in 44 games is obviously not great, but uh, you're only a you know a, a four or five game winning streak away from being right in it. Uh, especially if somebody comes off their game, as Carolina did a few games ago when they dropped two straight at home in the middle of this homestand. And by the way, they'll close the homestand out Hartford Whalers style against the Kings on Saturday. It's a game that they absolutely have to win the kings are one of the worst teams in the nhl 40 points in 46 games by the way pittsburgh came back and beat colorado tonight in i think either overtime or a shootout uh the penguins are maybe the best story in all of hockey considering that they at times have missed malkin crosby and now jake gensel's out for the year uh and that team is still 59 points in 44 games they are just a machine, 7-2-1 and one in their last 10. Uh, penalty kill was great tonight. They allowed just four shots on goal for the entire game, uh, and that was, uh, that was key. Remember, we, they went through a long stretch where the penalty kill was not good. For the most part, the last few games, I think the penalty kill is getting back to doing what they're supposed to do, not scrambling as much, more in control. I would argue that... The best scoring chances while Arizona was on the power play came from Carolina. Uh, Could have easily had a shorthanded goal. Uh, All right, so uh, let's hear from the head coach, and then we'll uh, we'll, uh, delve into the mailbag. He was solid, uh, especially the second period where we we had a few turnovers, and then they came right at us. And I thought uh, he came up huge when, uh, obviously, when we needed him to. Can you tell when Peter is on his game? Is it uh, uh, body language? Is it uh, lack of movement? You know, the economy of movement. I think I think at any goalie when they're they're dialed in, it seems like even when they get great A's, it doesn't look like a great A because he's already ahead of it. And that kind of that's almost what it felt like tonight at times when they had some really good looks. It just he made look like easy saves, which they weren't. And Nietzsche's Vogel and Walmart scored. And I mean, it's neat, it's neat to see some of the younger guys that you want to develop pick it up. I mean, I know that's a double-edged sword there, but that's a that's a good sign. All three of them have 10 goals now. Well, we're a young group, and, you know, they're a huge part of what we're doing. So, you know, you need everyone to contribute, but it's nice, like you said, I think uh, when they're scoring, that uh, takes a lot of pressure off, uh, I know, our other guys as well. So, um, yeah, they, they all had good games tonight. Seemed like the penalty kill got back to what made it successful earlier in the year. Yeah, that was uh, huge for us. You know, I think uh, power play didn't get anything going really, but uh, the penalty kill didn't, uh, you know, give them momentum or you know, obviously a sniff really. And I thought we, um, you know, that that was a big part of the game, uh, just controlling the, the special teams thing and didn't let any momentum kind of slip away. Going back to talking about Peter, does this give you like the thought of maybe you go back to him tomorrow? Well, you think about it when he's playing that well, uh, but there's a lot of hockey here coming right around the corner, so you have to you have to be careful about that. And you know, we need we know we need both guys you know ready to roll. So um, you know, but when you when you see him play that well, you're like, wow, keep him going. But uh, like I said, you, you, we have a plan, and um, you know, like I said, we got another game I think two days later, so you gotta be careful. Uh, yeah, I, I look, Peter Morazic played 
really wonderfully tonight if Rod Brindamore decided to go back to Morazic against Anna, against the uh, the Kings on Saturday. I would understand it. I don't think it would generally necessarily uh, make him any less likely to play well in Washington on Monday. Um, and frankly, because tonight, while he faced 32 shots, I don't think was an overly taxing game. I think you could get away with it. Um, and again, not jeopardize Monday in Washington. You get three, you know, two full days off before the game in Columbus on Thursday. So there is an opportunity here if Rod Brindamore wanted to run Morazic out there, you know, three or four times in a row. And based on the way James Reimer played against Philadelphia, I'd get it. I could figure that out. I could, I, I could get on board with that. But I just get a feeling that we're going to see Reimer on Saturday. I hope I'm wrong. I mean, I, I don't even care because I don't, James Reimer played really, really well on that West Coast trip. And the, you know, through Western Canada, there's no reason why he can't play well again. And I'm sure he's going to play well his next start based on the way he played against Philadelphia, which is a start he would like to forget. All right, let's uh, let's uh, run through some uh, some mailbag questions. And I thank you uh, for uh, for submitting these. Submitting is a weird word right there. Uh, just you tweeted them to me. Uh, and again, uh, subscribe to this, the Morning After Podcast. It's Kane Corner Series. Uh, download it, subscribe, rate it, whatever. Give me your feedback. Tell me what you want. Um, John says... Or asks, who sits when J, JW, I assume he means Justin Williams, comes back? Um, you know what? If, I, if you had to ask me today, and I guess John did, uh, I would say the first guy out of the lineup is probably either Brock McGinn or Jordan Martinook. Uh, those are the guys playing the least amount of minutes. The argument against pulling McGinn off the ice is he's an elite penalty killer. He's uh, got good chemistry in that regard with Jordan Stahl, and as long as he, Stahl, uh, McGinn is not in the box and he doesn't spend a lot of time in the box, uh, then that's the first pair of forwards that heads out on the ice. Penalty kills an important part of uh, this team. So part of me doesn't think that Rod wants to pull Brock McGinn off the ice. Uh, so as, as strange as it might sound, I kind of think that the uh, the first guy out would be Martinook, but I kind of think that we're going to see more of a rotating uh, system here where uh, maybe some strategic nights off for certain players, especially as we get later in the season. I wouldn't be surprised to see Eric Halla, Eric Halla not play all the back-to-backs given his knee issues. Um although Halla is, to me, incredibly important to this team. Uh, but we would be crazy to think that this team isn't going to have injuries between now and the end of the year. And the, all, you know, the likelihood is that they will need <laughs> all of those healthy players to play uh, because there's going to be some bumps and bruises. I know uh, Martin Nook skated off the ice in some pain earlier in the game. He came back and he didn't he didn't miss a beat, really. He didn't miss a shift, uh, but it looked like he blocked a shot. Maybe he was feeling it. So right now, I would say uh, Martin Hook and McGinn are probably the two most likely guys off. But uh, hey, if Fogel's game drops a little bit, you could see Warren come out. Uh, Nino Niederreiter got really frustrated tonight by a uh, uh, by a, 
a, a scoring chance that he didn't cash in on. He smashed his stick. I can see Rod giving Nino a night off. Um, I, you know, Nino certainly would not be sitting for any length of time, but I could see that. Um, who knows? But there will probably be situations where guys are going to need nights off and the extra forward, first time all year the Hurricanes have had really an extra forward. Um, I think that will really help this team. From Kevin, do, we need a defenseman, a second pair defenseman. Do you go inside or outside the organization? Well, to be perfectly fair, uh, the only second pair defensemen in the organization are already in the National Hockey League. There isn't a second pair defenseman in Charlotte. There are guys who can come up and uh, and do some things, but I don't think there's anybody who you want to play 20 minutes a night sitting down there with the checkers. Because if that were the case, I think that player would already be here. Because I've been saying this for a while. This team has needed a second pair defenseman uh, for some time. Joel Edmondson has done the best job of impersonating one. Jake Gardner played well tonight. Uh, but for the most part, I think they look at Jake Gardner now as a third-pair defenseman and then really would like somebody. It doesn't make a difference left or right shot because Pesci can play his offside. Uh, so, But I do, I agree, they need a second-pair defenseman and it will not come from inside this organization. Uh, and that sort of uh, delves into Kevin's question. He gave me a choice of four defensemen. Uh, Jake Bean, Hayden Fleury, Trevor Van Riemsdyk, or Chase Prisky. Prisky is a, a, a rookie in Charlotte. Pick two of them, and I guess the answer is, for when? For three years from now or for this year or next year? Because if it's for this year or next year, I'm probably taking um, Fleury and Trevor Van Riemsdyk because uh, those guys have all this NHL experience, and they're probably at this stage of the game better than Bean and Prisky. Uh, but down the road, Bean and Prisky have chances to be good players. Um, Bean doesn't fit the mold yet of a uh, you know a top four defenseman, so uh, chances are you won't be seeing Jake Bean unless uh, they want to give him uh, some sort of run or try to show even showcase him for a trade. Uh, I don't think you'll see Jake Bean for a while, but um, but he's played very well in Charlotte. And my understanding is uh, he has taken yet another step forward, but I do not believe they look at Jake Bean as somebody who can help at the NHL level at this point. So uh, I, it, the answer is I'm not sure when you want these players for. But for right now, uh, Flurry and TVR would be the answer. Uh, uh, and uh, quickly from Trent, Goalie issues to deal with at the deadline. In other words, would they entertain bringing in a goaltender at the deadline? I don't think so. Uh, depends on health. Uh, but keep in mind, Alex Nedeljkovic has played very well in Charlotte. I've been saying all year long that I anticipated that we would see Nedeljkovic. And I think the plan uh, at the beginning of the season was maybe even to see Nedeljkovic play Oh, as many as 10, 11, 12 times. We haven't seen him once yet. Uh, goaltending has been healthy and for the most part has been okay lately. Eh, not quite okay. Um, but I still I still think that at some point this year we're going to see Nedeljkovic play. Maybe it'll be because of injury. Maybe it'll be because somebody's struggling. 
like James Reimer is struggling. So if they wanted to, uh, if there was something up and they didn't see what something they liked about Reimer, I could see him bringing Adelkovic up to play a game or two. Uh, but right now, I think you're just going to see the two guys they've got. And if Mrazek can step into his role as the number one, then I think you'll see them play Mrazek as a steady diet. I will point out that that has not been Mrazek's best uh the, the best plan for Peter Morazic, if you will. Uh, he is, you know, playing him 55 or more times has not necessarily worked out in his career, and I think I might be being kind. Um, so, but I do think that, uh, you know, 50 starts for Morazic would be pretty good, although I believe he started his 29th game tonight. We've got, uh, see if my math is right, 38 left. Uh, so who knows? He might be headed towards a uh, 50 start season depending on how he plays down the stretch so uh so there you go there's some uh there's some things to think about uh Svechnikov jumped back into the scoring lead great assist to Warren Fogel he's got 42 points Tavo Teravainen pointless tonight 41 no he wasn't pointless he just did not have a point uh Dougie Hamilton had an assist on the Walmart goal he's up to 40 points Sebastian Ajo was off the score sheet tonight still at 39 Ryan Dezingle had an assist uh, he's got 26 points on the season, and Marty Natchez, 10 goals, 15 assists, 25 points. By the way, uh, Warren Fogle having a great year, and uh, Fogle and Walmark are both restricted free agents next season. I will be surprised if both players don't sign contracts this year, like before the end of the year. I think you'll see Fogle and Walmark each sign to... Uh, team-friendly-ish multi-year deals, uh, and keeping both of those players around, I think, is incredibly important. All right, so uh, we're done for the evening. Uh, The Hurricanes uh, go to uh, 26... So 26-16-2 on the season. Wild card one spot is theirs currently. They'll take on the LA Kings, a team that is uh, a sub-500 club starting the first game of an East Coast road trip. So Carolina could have a body clock issue. This is not the college football playoff, but could have a body clock issue. And uh, hopefully things will work out. Uh, but it'll be Hartford's Whaler, Hartford Whalers night, so we'll be singing Brass Bonanza and we'll listen to songs from the uh, the late 70s and early 80s. Wouldn't that be fun? I'm sure it will. Uh, thanks for hanging out on the Morning After podcast. Hope you had a good night, and hope you're having a good morning, and we'll see you later after the Kings and Canes. Bye. You've been listening to the Canes Corner Podcast with Adam Gold. Don't forget there are many ways you can listen to this podcast, including streaming at WRALsportsfan.com, the WRAL Sports Fan app. And you can also subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Pocket Casts, and TuneIn. Thanks again for listening to the Canes Corner Podcast. Your heart. It's the only one you have. Fortunately, you also have a choice. Expert cardiologists, talented surgeons, highly skilled specialists, all of whom chose WakeMed. Why? The main reason is the same reason patients choose WakeMed. Everything you need for the best possible care is right here. Learn more at WakeMed.org. WakeMed Heart and Vascular Physicians. Your heart, your choice.